0: Welcome to the Back'em Down Podcast. It's your host, Coach Johnson. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Game 6 from the Boston-Toronto series, as well as Game 4 from the Clippers-Nuggets series. Let's start the show off by talking about Game 6 from the Boston-Toronto series. Raptors opened the game in a zone. I was very intrigued to see how many different defensive looks they would throw at Boston in this must-win game. Anobi continued to beat Boston up on the offensive glass as he had been able to get his own shot rebounded for a majority of the series. A lot of times early in this game, Jason Tatum was getting in the air without knowing where he was going to pass first. You can't get away with that against a defense as good as Toronto's. A lot of competition from the Celtics in this game on the glass as they started the game with six offensive rebounds. It is crazy to me how many corner threes the Raptors have been content with giving up in this series. I really think by the middle of next season that the Celtics will decide to run a good amount of offense through Robert Williams at the top of the key, something similar to what they did without Horford, and something that you see with the Trailblazers and Nurchich. Boston and Toronto were shooting terribly to start the game, but the main difference is Boston was able to get good looks on most positions while Toronto was not getting those same looks. Brad Stevens has gotten a lot of good minutes out of the three-guard lineup with Marcus Smart, Kimba Walker, and Brad Wanamaker. There's a lot of importance to that because of the options are limited without Gordon Hayward, especially on the wing. Boston has been a everywhere on defense for the latter part of the second quarter. Jason Tatum's passing has drastically improved this season, and has gotten even better in the bubble. A big end to the second quarter by Serge Ibaka as he hit three threes, which really gave Toronto life. In the second half, they need needed Van Vliet and Siakam to wake up as they were close to non-existent in the first half as they combined for seven points. What I expected has happened as the Raptors played much better in the third quarter as they have all series. There were a few breakdowns from Grant Williams as he subbed into the game, and the Raptors found a groove offensively from the perimeter. The threes from Gasol are going to make things tougher for Boston on defense, as Daniel Tice can't afford to stay with the ball handler for a long period of time. But there's also going to need to be a stunt on the weak side to make that shooter hesitate, whether that be Ibaka or Gasol. The Celtics decided to switch to a 2-3 zone off of a free throw, but the Raptors were able to get an easy basket by going high-low. They were trying to utilize this zone to take away the pick-and-roll actions of Toronto. There were so many great sequences of ball movement from Boston to get open looks from three in the corner. The Celtics really started to extend their pick-and-roll way out to the center circle almost at half court and it's opening up a lot of the floor and let Kimba Walker get downhill against Serge Ibaka. The Raptors were forced to rotate a bunch and Boston was able to continue to get great looks off the second and third passes. They really took advantage of the, uh, uh, took advantage of the advantage gained by the dribble penetration. Steven went. Stevens wants his guys to go quicker off of misses before Toronto can set the defense. Both teams really let the guest at the end of this game going in to overtime and going into the second overtime. And you really had to wonder if the Raptors' big minutes were going to catch up to them. But that was not the case as Norman Powell really turned it on in that second overtime, hitting a lot of big shots helping the Raptors to secure a Game 6 victory to force a Game 7. I will be back shortly to wrap up the show after a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Now that we're back from the break, let's talk about Game 4 of the Clippers Nuggets series. The Nuggets started the game with three turnovers in two minutes, several possessions with very little player or ball movement. The Nuggets offense just really looked out of sorts at the moment for everyone except Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic was the only Nugget with a field goal, and there was a minute 47 left in the first quarter before Michael Porter Jr. chipped in on this occasion. This caused the Nuggets to be in a deep hole early in the game, and, you know... Clippers held the Nuggets to 12 points in that first quarter, which is the second fewest allowed in any postseason quarter in franchise history. Landry's Chimette was playing some very super active defense in this game, but Paul George's foul trouble let Denver stick around and get back into the game. This was another game that Michael Porter Jr. was having A very solid all-around game and was playing the role of an X-factor. I've noticed this a bunch of times, and I'd like to see Jokic finish those screens that he sets to create actual space for his guards. There's just too many times where it seems like he's just standing there instead of finding a body. There's been two adjustments that I've liked from Doc Rivers. The Paul George-led bench lineups have fared better than the Kawhi-led bench lineups. You can point to many different ways that that could be due to the playmaking ability that Paul George possesses and Kawhi is still learning about. And you can talk about how Paul George doesn't always have to have the ball in his hands to make things happen compared to Kawhi, especially on the offensive end of the floor because of Paul George's shooting ability from the perimeter and Kawhi's lack of perimeter shooting, especially in these playoffs. But the number two adjustment that I have really liked is that he's brought Patrick Beverly back in As a second guard alongside Lou Williams, which is helping the group's defense, the Nuggets have been gang rebounding really well. You know, throughout the series, but really did in the last few minutes of the first half and started playing defense like Game Two when they got the big win to tie the series back up. They were sending help and packing the paint. You know, I might have just talked down Kawhi's passing ability a little bit because he doesn't. Pass it as well as Paul George, but Kawhi's passing has come leaps and bounds, and it's you know, it still doesn't look natural, but he's definitely a plus playmaker now in the league. The Clippers were not guarding Torrey Craig from three because there is no reason to, and that caused Mike Malone to take his best perimeter defender outside of Gary Harris off the floor. The Michael Porter Jr. experience was in full display in this game because you want them out there for shooting and his energy that he brings to the floor, but the Clippers decided to take advantage of him. And that's because his lack of just knowing everything defensively in the NBA and the fact that he just doesn't move quite as well as you need him to. You know, one thing that the Nuggets might want to add to their defensive toolbox is the scram switch. Millsap, Jeremy Grant, Torrey Craig, and Monte Morris combined for 16 points. You know, Nikola Jokic needs a lot more help than that, and Murray wasn't close to sharp either. In game four tonight, I mean, in this game, the Clippers outscored the Nuggets 38-22 in the paint. That also ties the fewest points in any game this season for Denver. The Clippers played great defense throughout the night as they were able to get it done in multiple ways, securing a 3-1 lead in the series looking to close it out in Game 5. And that wraps it up for this episode of the Back em Down podcast. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. If you want to become a monthly contributor to the show, please click the link at the bottom of the show notes. Everyone, enjoy the one game we get tonight as we have game four of the Lakers-Rockets series. But until then, you all take care, and I hope you come back for the next episode of the Back Em Down podcast.